You're listening to the Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast Network. Friends Talking Nerdy! If your friends are nerdy and you are nerdy too, I want to talk to you. for each of our couples to win up to $10,000. And if any of them say the secret word, they'll win an extra $100. George, who's first? Well, Gretchen, remember last week you didn't have time to finish talking to our last couple, so they're back again tonight to play You Bet Your Life. And here they are, Gene Oddmark and Henry Piffle. Would you come in again, please, and meet Roger Mark? Welcome to You Bet Your Life. Say the secret word and divide an extra $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Before we were interrupted last week, Henry, I learned you were a Los Angeles cab driver. That's right. right. And Jean, we find out you're married? Yes. But I didn't get a chance to ask you how you met your husband. Uh, how did you meet him? Well, I actually met him on a blind date, but it wasn't really a blind date. Because... You mean you were loaded? No, no. <laughs> no, I met him on a blind date, but he wasn't blind. He wasn't blind to me because I didn't see his picture before. You were at each other? What, what is a blind date? Well, a real blind date is when you go on a date and you don't know what your date is to look like. Mm. But that's what I'm trying to say. I knew what he looked like ahead of time. Well, how did you know what he looked like if you'd never met him? Well, I'd seen his picture. I, I saw his picture. In, in the movies? No, no, no. I was at a girlfriend's house at a shorty house and I saw his picture there. He was... What was your what was your girlfriend doing with his picture? No, well, the, his picture was with a lot of pictures there. I, it was... It was just the and the pictures had just been in terms of the dance, and he had been a... Well, a they have all the boys? <laughs> you have all the boys' pictures at the security house? And then you go like this? You can say, there's one for you, one for me, and for you. That was a good idea. Is that what you do? You no, come no. through this thing and well, look for a victim? Well, you just sort of look. You do look. You do? You know, look. I just look. And, and, and what, is the, what attracted you to this particular victim? Oh, he's real good looking, and he's real, a lot of fun. He was real smart. He was? Yes, he's real smart. In what way? In what way? He wasn't smart enough to remain single. I mean, just how bright was he? Oh, well, if you want to measure, oh, we have an IQ about 135, I guess, maybe that's An IQ of 135? Well, your husband and I have something in common. Yes, you? 105, 135 is exactly what I weigh. What's his collar measurement? The collar measurement? The collar, around here, yes. Um, Sixteen and a half. Sixteen and a half, that's my IQ. <laughs> now, Mr. Pepper, let's get back to you. When you were here last week, you had some fairly critical things to say about the people who ride in your taxi cab. Is this your general approach to life? Yes. 
because I am I am a perennial criticizer. I'm an improver. I'm I'm the guy who's against it. You're a nonconformist. Yes, yes. all the time. Uh-huh. But what do you what do you gripe about? I mean everything. I've been giving the yellow cab company suggestions for seventeen years how to improve business. They still got the suggestions, they still have the business, they didn't do a thing I told them. <laughs> Well, there is one obvious way in which they can improve the same, the same thing in the army. Uh-huh. I was over here when the war broke out, so, so I enlisted. I tried to enlist. They turned me down. A week later, I was drafted. <laughs> All right, so I go there and I tell them, I said, tell them I speak German, I speak French, I speak Italian, a uh, little bit of English, I hope. And I, I asked him, I said, well, I've lived in Europe, I know the country, I know everything about Europe. They said, this is terrific. They wrote it all down on record, everything. Send me to Asia. <laughs> but I took it then. Are you Ferrara? Yeah. You are, huh? You mean you're married? Yeah. And now her name is Peffel too? Yes. What a dirty trick to play on a girl. Yeah. That's what my wife says, too. Yeah. Now, Henry, do you take a lot of kidding about your name? Oh, yeah. All the time. But it doesn't bother me. No? What do they say to you? Well, friends would be, would be sitting around, you know. And sitting around what? At home. When my mother was still alive, and we'd be drinking coffee or something, and the, the phone would ring, and my mother would pick up the phone, and somebody would say, to, uh, Hello? But I speak to Mrs. Gisela Valbertier Piffin. <laughs> so she would uh, say, yes, yes. And she said, well, is that the Gisela Valbertier Piffin that has the shoe store in Boston? And my mother would say, no. And said, well, then I got the wrong Gisela Valbertier Piffin. <laughs> I mean, this fellow called up every night and asked him, he called up once in a while, such things occur uh, all the time. But didn't your father object to this? My father? No, he's my father. Why should you object? It's good business. He's my father was managing my mother. <laughs> Just by the telephone? Not by the telephone, in the business. Oh. My mother used to be a very, very famous actress in Europe. Is that so? Yes, very famous. She was the equivalent of, equivalent of Ethel Barrymore. Mary Dressler was a real, real great actress. And he was managing her affairs. That's the way well, What name did she play under? Did they love Abbott's Christmas? <laughs> I knew her very well. We played together one time in a shoe store in Boston. <laughs> now, what does your wife do? She complains. <laughs> typically ha- happy marriage. Yes, yeah. very, very much. We like each other very much. Now, how did you meet your wife? In the army. <laughs> in the army? Yeah. You mean she was the enemy even then? No, not then. No. No. Now, how did you meet her? Well, I was in the army, and I was a, I was a private. Mm-hmm. She was a captain. And they couldn't... We couldn't dance together, and we couldn't go to the show together, and we couldn't talk. Well, a lot of privates can't dance with their captain. Well, it was against regulation. It's not customary either. So we got married. <laughs> the best thing you can do is get married. You want to get around any regulations, get married. <laughs> <laughs> then they set up new regulations. <laughs> you got married so you wouldn't break regulations. Exactly. And it's couple two weeks later. <laughs> I don't know. She must be giving me a promotion or something. You know, that's like shooting. You start to cure a headache. <laughs> well, how has your marriage worked out, Dave? Do you ever I, argue? All the time. You all do. the time. But we enjoy it. You're kidding, huh? No, 
no. We're exactly the opposite. Oh, what? what? You quarrel a lot? We quarrel all the time. About what? Everything that comes along, there's always a reason to argue. You see what you mean? my wife, oh, no, she's Republican. You're I'm a Democrat. Yes. Well, she, she's born in the United States. Did you know she was a Republican when you married her? Yeah, she wasn't ashamed of it. <laughs> She said, I'll marry you nevertheless. <laughs> so it came out easy. Uh, well, you were both very broad-minded about it. Yeah. Well, maybe it's been refreshing. All the time, you, right? Yes, it is. Oh. We need more men like you, especially on a rainy night when we're looking for a cat. <laughs> now then, you have chosen, out of our list of 331 categories, you selected a dictionary quiz. I'm going to give you the words. You give me the meanings. If you miss two in a row, you'll forbid. You'll switch. Auschwitz. Auschwitz. Yeah, well. If you get four in a row right, uh, you win a thousand dollars. Are you are you ready? All right. What is a pachyderm? P a c h y d e r m. Talk it over. Are you sorry, animal? No, I'm sorry. No, no, it's an elephant. Or a rhinoceros, but they're not pretty. I'm thinking of something about the nose thing. You were thinking of something with a nose? Yeah. <laughs> you have one wrong now, Henry. Uh, uh, don't get the next one wrong or you're out of the game. Oh, okay. This one she'll know. What is an osculation? It's a kid. It's a kid. It's a kid. And you have one right. All right, now what is nepotism? favoring of relatives. That is, if you're in an important job and you give a relative who is an incompetent a job, that's nepotism. Mm. He isn't necessarily an incompetent, but he usually is. <laughs> have one wrong again. Right. All right, now what is an apiary? A-P-I-A-R-Y. Apiary? You don't know guess. Relationship to an ape? No. Oh. And which corner do you remember? 
Because if you ever get back to your birthplace, remember, you can now make a right-hand turn against the light. <laughs> Dick, where are you from? Well, I was born in Waterbury County, Groucho, but I grew up in Hingham, Massachusetts, and Milton, Massachusetts. Oh. <laughs> what sort of work do you do? I'm in the uh, group insurance business. I sell group life insurance. Mm. Well, do you insure valuables like Dara? Yes, I uh, might even say that Dara probably has more insurance than she needs. What a temptation that must be. Does that make you uneasy, Dara? No. Well, how did that happen to the wife of an insurance man? I would imagine you'd protect her against this assault. Well, actually, Groucho, I sold her some insurance before I knew we were going to get married later on. And, oh, uh, I got a new approach. <laughs> I guess I got stuck because now I have to pay the premiums. That's poetic justice if I ever had it. <laughs> What happened on your first day with this insurance company, Casanova, Dara? Well, uh, he called me and asked me if I wanted to go for a cup of coffee, and I said, could I bring a girlfriend? He said, no. <laughs> I don't blame him. After all, he had a dime invested in you, and why should he throw away a second dime on an unknown quantity? So what happened after that? Did you two start uh, mooning around on the next date? No, he said, if you want to see me, you call me. Oh, independent type, eh? You know, 30 years ago, I tried that on a girl in Toledo. And I'm still waiting for the phone to ring. Well, Dick, my apologies. I certainly underestimated. You've got something, and furthermore, I'd like to have it. You know what that certain something is that you've got, Dick? No, I don't believe I do. I tell you, you've got a beautiful wife who is heavily insured. <laughs> if he ever brings you a glass of warm milk before you go to bed... Take my advice and have it analyzed. Now, do you love birds? Have any arguments? Uh, I don't mean violent ones, you know, just normal ones like uh, where you bounce a flat iron off his head and uh, he tries to run over you with the car. Well, occasionally we have an argument about our uh, year old baby. Oh, well, you have a child, huh? Yes, uh -huh. a little boy. And I want to have a maid for the baby, a nurse. Well, I'm on Dick's side there. I think you should wait until the boy's around 18 and then get his own maid. <laughs> What's your objection to a maid, uh, Dick? Well, nothing, actually, Gacho. Uh, I just don't want the baby to become too fond of the maid. <laughs> that isn't the problem. The problem is to how to keep you from getting too fond of the maid. <laughs> so anyway, we'll wish you lots of luck, and let's try your best your luck. I don't know what you've chosen here, but uh, it looks like uh, cities and small towns in the United States. Is that right? Mm -hmm. All the cities and towns. You tell me the state. Greenville, Hattiesburg, Vicksburg, and Leakesville. Mississippi, Grouch. Mississippi is right. We don't want track. One right, three more right, and about $1,000. In what state are these places? Minot, uh, M-I-N-O-T, Fargo, McCluskey, and Cavalier. Dakota? Well, how did you know that? Because eh? he told me. You're halfway to your thousand. The next two rights, it's yours. Here are the places. What's the state? Clarksburg, Parkersburg, Berkeley Springs, and Buchanan. 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 B-U-C-K-H-A-N-N-O-N. Buchanan. I don't know, Groucho. I think a guess would be Wyoming. Pretty close. is West Virginia. <laughs> well, now you have one wrong, don't get the next one wrong, or it's all over for you. 
And what state is these cities and towns? Elmira, Malone, Herkimer, and Utica. New York. How did you know that? Missy told me. All right. Ready? Chambersburg, Reading, Altoona, and McKeesport. What state are they in? Uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is right. Two right now. In what state are these? Provo, St. George, Ogden, and Logan. Utah. Utah. One more right and you have a thousand dollars. Benton, Radford, Galax, and Roanoke. What state? Virginia. Virginia is right. And you got four in a row, so you win one thousand dollars. <laughs> You want a thousand dollars? You can keep it and quit, or else you can come back later and try to double your money. You may even get a chance at ten thousand. So go over there and sit down and think about it. And if we don't see you later, thanks for being on the show. Thank, Thank you, Gotcha. Thank you. From November fourth, nineteen fifty-seven, you're listening to Groucho Marx on You Bet Your Life on the Golden. Now, George, let's find out what our young married couple is going to do about the big money. All right, Dick and uh, Dara Brother, would you come back, please? Well, I'm glad to see you again. You're going to try for the big money, eh? You want $1,000. Now, if you decide to try for the 10 and you fail, you wind up with a total of $500. And so we're going to go for the big money. You're going to go for the big money. Now, get together and pick a number from 1 to 10 and then spin the wheel. If any number besides the one you pick comes up, this question is worth $2,000. However, if your number comes up, this question is worth $10,000. Now, what number do you want? Ten. Ten? Give it a fling. Well, you couldn't get any closer. Your number was 10 and it landed on 9, so this question is worth $2,000. That's not too bad, is it? That would be too bad if you don't get it. All right, for $2,000, who succeeded Sir Anthony Eden as Prime Minister of England? Talk it over. What's the answer you decided on? Oh, I know, Groucho. I just can't think. Take a guess. Uh, I guess we don't know. It's Harold Macmillan. Oh. I'm sorry, mister, but you wind up with $500. That isn't too bad. Congratulations, and thanks for being with us. Once again, your neighborhood blue coal dealer 
brings you the thrilling adventures of The Shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. As you probably know, reliable sources forecast that all home heating fuels will be scarce this winter. If you heat with coal, you're lucky. You can store coal, but get your order in early. Ask your blue coal dealer to schedule your delivery as soon as he can, and make sure that you order the right size of coal for your furnace. If you're not sure what it should be, ask him. Your blue coal dealer will be glad to inspect your heating plant and may be able to make other recommendations, too, that will help you to get more heat and to burn less fuel. First thing tomorrow, call the nearest blue coal dealer and ask him to schedule an early delivery of your blue coal. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Dream of Death. a lonely house high on a gale-swept cliff. A curtain flaps at an open window. A path leads from the lonely house down, down past sharp crags and mossy rock, down to the wave-lashed beach below. Come along, my darling. We're almost to the beach. I'm frightened. There. Feel the wet sand beneath our feet. Yes? Listen. Listen to those waves, Lyra, crashing against the shore. Kurt, no. Look at them, black and hungry. They know. The waves know why we are coming to them. I'm afraid. Hold tightly to my hand. Soon, my darling, we'll be together once again for all eternity. Slowly, slowly now, down into the water. Don't look back. Kurt. No, Lyra, no. See, the water swirling above our knees. What? Above our waist, above our shoulders. Higher, still higher. Until we die and live forever. No, I don't want to die. I don't, I don't. No, help. Save me. Wake up, Lyra, for heaven's sake, wake up. Celeste? Yes, darling, your sister. It's all right, Lyra, you're all right. You were just having a bad dream. Dream? Oh. Oh, I was on the beach. In the water. With my husband. With Kurt? With Kurt? Oh, no, Lyra, no, don't you remember? Well, he's dead. 
Kurt was drowned last night. Margaret, I came right down as soon as we got your message, Celeste. Oh, I'm awfully glad you're here, Mr. Cranston. So are we, Celeste. Especially if there's anything we can do to help. Yes, after all, Kurt Sander was a friend of mine, even though I didn't see him for some time. Oh, I'm sure you can help both of you. We'll see Mira in just a moment. She was still sleeping when I went in. The doctor prescribed all the rest she could get. Of course. This is a beautiful view from this window. Beach down there below the cliffs and the sea beyond. Yes. Kurt loved solitude. There's a wind rising. Must be a storm coming up. It was just this kind of a day that Lyra and Kurt went sailing. You mean when Kurt was lost? Yes. Still haven't told us what did happen, Celeste. Perhaps before we see Lyra, we should know. Oh, yes, of course. Well, they... They were out sailing. A violent squall came up and the boat capsized. How off? Apparently, Kurt struck his head against the boat when it turned over on him. I see Anna, our housekeeper, and I were shopping at the time. When we got back, we we found Lyra down on the beach, nearly dead from shock and exhaustion. How is she now? Well, physically, the doctor says she'll be all right, but... Oh, Mr. Cranston, it's her mind. She... Well, she insists that she's going to die. Die? She thinks that Kurt's spirit has returned to take her back with him into the sea. How terrible. She says they had some kind of a weird pact with death. Oh, do you think you'll be able to reason with her, Mr. Cranston? Try, Celeste. I'll do everything I can. I- I'll see if she's awake. Now, I'll be right there. Lamont, it... Darling, what are you looking at? These books on spiritualism. I'd almost forgotten. Forgotten what? Kurt Sander was a student and a firm believer in life after death. All right, Mr. Cranston. Right. Come on, Margot. Just woke up. Nice. Lyra. Lyra, this is Lamont Cranston. Lamont Cranston? Yes, Mrs. Sandler. I was a friend of Kurt's, and uh, this is Margot Lane. Hello, Lyra. You've come to take me away, haven't you? You must you must take me away from this house. No, they can't, Lyra. You know you can't leave yet. Not until you're better. But I can't stay here. He'll come back for me. No, he won't, Mrs. Sandler. Yes, he will. He said, if I should die before you, my darling, I'll return from wherever I may be and take you with me. Mrs. Sandler, that isn't possible. It is. He'll come back. I mustn't stay here. He'll come back for me. He'll come back. Lamont, listen. Kurt. Kurt, is that you? Quiet. Get back, Margot. I'm going to throw open those French windows. Grab whoever. That's a woman. It's Anna, our housekeeper, Mr. Cranston. Anna, what on earth were you doing? I just wanted you to let me in the door. Why didn't you come in through the back? I I just came up from the beach. I was gathering clams for dinner. All right, Anna. Come inside so I can shut these doors again. You best shut them tight. Why? I've been down on the beach. And I... Seen what, Anna? Well, Anna, what did you see down on the beach? I saw another storm coming up. Another storm like the one the night Mr. Sander died.
Mrs. Hendricks, Lamont. Oh, oh, Lamont. You're all right. Lamont, what is it? What happened? I don't know, Margot. What made you scream, Mrs. Sander? Well, I, I was asleep, and something woke me up. Felt cold fingers around my throat. It was Kurt. He's come for me. Look, Lamont, the French doors. Wind must have blown them open. That's probably what woke her up. I'll have a look outside. It, it was Kurt. No, Mrs. Sander. Oh, what happened, Margot? I was asleep. I heard a scream. She thought someone was in the room. Her husband. Oh, no, darling. It just couldn't be. Right, Mrs. Sander. There's no sign of anyone. You merely had another bad dream. That's what you say. Anna, I've been outside the room. Listen. It was him, wasn't it? He's lonely. He's come back. Anna, what are you trying to do? Go back to your room, Anna. All right. But I know. I know. Now, Mrs. Sander, try to understand it. It was all in your mind. Do you understand? Yes. All in my mind. Now, try to go back to sleep. Celeste. Yes. I think it'd be a good idea if you slept in here for the rest of the night. Oh, yes, of course I will. Come on, Margot. What is it, Mark? There is something wrong, I can tell. Let's get your coat. I'm going to do a little investigating. But... I lied in order not to frighten Mrs. Sander. I found this just outside the French doors. Seaweed? Yes, seaweed. Someone or something brought up from the ocean below. Who's there? The dog. Someone. It's me, Mrs. Sander. Hannah. Hannah. Shh. No, I won't. Come with me. It's about him. About him? Hurry. All right, Anna. That's right. Now through this door. Across the hall. And into this room. But this was Kurt's room. Yes. And look, here on the desk. Picture of me, my necklace. He was to get these things, things that belong to you. And maybe he'd go back to the sea and leave you alone. That's insane. I'll Anna. take them to him. You know where he is? In the cave at the bottom of the cliff. How do you know? Have you seen him? Have you? No. The black pool in the cave. And I've seen strange footprints around. No. Things live. Terrible things that come up from the sea. Anna, don't. Don't go near there, please. I'll be all right. Nothing will harm you. No, Anna. He doesn't want me, Miss Lyra. He wants you. What are we looking for, Lamont? Anything here on the beach, Margaret, that might give us a clue as to who or what left the seaweed outside Lyra's room. You think someone has taken advantage of Kurt's death to deliberately frighten Lyra out of her mind? It seems to be the logical explanation right now. That old housekeeper, Anne, has certainly been acting strangely enough. Yes. I haven't been able to make up my mind yet whether Anna is a slightly demented old servant or a very shrewd woman. Hmm. 
Then another thought has crossed my mind. What's that? Kurt was a very odd person, as I remember him, Margot. Moody, introspective, and, as we know, a firm believer in spiritualism. Well, you... You aren't suggesting that there might be some basis for this wild idea Lyra has about Kurt returning from the dead? Nobody's ever discovered just how far spiritualism can go, Margot. That's a fantastic idea, Lamar. Fantastic and terrible. But an idea we may have to consider. We're going to learn the truth about Lyra's dream of death. Bubbling pool. Don't be scared, Anna. Dead things can't harm honest folk. The lantern down over here. Kneel down by the pool. Now. Give him the things. Give him the things and tell him to go away. Leave us alone. Now, someone kicked over the lantern. Who's there? Who's there? Coming closer. Someone covered. Kurt, you! No, no, you're dead. Boy, no, don't! Oh, you're pushing my head under the wall. Oh, oh, oh. Return to the shadow in just a moment. Friends, you're missing a lot if you don't have a blue coal temp master heat regulator on your coal furnace. You're missing the wonderful work-saving ease that automatic temperature control gives. You're missing the even steady healthful heat that could be yours. And you're missing the big savings in fuel that a temp master makes possible. Altogether, you're missing the carefree heating comfort you should have. But why wait any longer? Call the nearest blue coal dealer and ask him to demonstrate the new blue coal Demp master. The Demp master is an entirely new kind of automatic heat regulator for coal furnaces. The electric eye thermostat upstairs keeps your home exactly at the temperature you set on the dial, eliminating all those trips to the basement to adjust dampers. Furnace controls are operated automatically as needed, and the electric eye thermostat actually shows you the exact position of those dampers. This winter, save coal, save trouble, and get much better, much more healthful heat with a blue coal temp master. It can be easily installed without interrupting the heat in your home. Only blue coal dealers have them. Blue coal dealers are listed in the classified section of your telephone book. Call the nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow and ask him for a demonstration of the new blue coal temp master. And now, back. To the shadow. On the trail of a man who apparently has returned from the dead to claim his bride, 
Margot and Lamont are plunged into a series of weird events. Now we find them walking down a dark beach, while above them tower the black cliffs that rise forebodingly. Suddenly, Margot stops and touches Lamont's arm. Lamont, look up ahead. Good Lord, come on. Body here in the water by the edge of the shore. Yes. It's Hannah, the housekeeper. Oh. Is she dead? Yes, drowned apparently, and the body washed ashore. This is strange, Margaret. What? Her finger marks around her neck. Someone deliberately held her head under the water. No. What? what are you doing? I'm trying to pry something loose. She's clutching her hand. Yeah. It's a torn piece of cloth, and there's a gold button on it. It's the kind of button that's usually found on men's yachting jackets. And Kurt was in sailing clothes when he died. Yes, Margaret, he was. But look here. It's a faint trail in the sand. Looks as though Anna's body was dragged down here. Trail leads up to a kind of opening in the cliff. Come on. Lord, I just don't understand. And neither do I, but there must be a logical explanation behind all this. I've got a feeling we're getting close to the answer. I certainly hope so. Oh, here we are. Kind of a tunnel into the base of the cliff. You're not going in? Yes. Stay behind me. I'll use my flashlight. Why, it's a big cave. Yes. You see anything? Black pool of water in the center of the cave. You sure that's all? Yes? Oh, thank heavens. Let's get out of here. It gives me the creeps. Quiet, Mark. What? Look out through the mouth of the cave. Out there on the beach. Someone kneeling down by Anna's body. What? It's Celeste. Yes. What would Lyra's sister be doing out there on the beach at this time? She's coming towards us. She's following the same trail up here we followed. Stand back, Margot. I'll switch off the flash. Kirk, are you in there? Lamont. What's that? Kirk, was that you? No, sir. Lamont, she's running away up the path to the house. Yes. Lamont, do you realize what this means? I am beginning to, Margot. Kurt is alive, not dead. He must be the one who's trying to drive Lyra mad. Anna must have found the truth, and that's why he killed her. Perhaps and perhaps not, Margot. Now I think I can find out. How? I think Celeste will tell me a great deal when she talks to the shadow. The gun. The gun. It must be. Oh, yes, there it is. <laughs> Who's there? Who laughed? Shadow laughed, Celeste. The shadow. The gun. Somebody took the gun from my hand. But who? Where? No one sees the shadow. Shadow, what do you want? What were you going to do with this gun, Celeste? Why? Are you going to kill your sister, Lila? No, why should I do that? Because you haven't been able to make her kill herself the way you and Kurt planned. That's not true. Kurt's not dead. You've been working together. That's true, isn't it, Celeste? No. Kurt was in love with you, wasn't he? But Lyra stood in your way. Oh, 
Yes, he was in love with me. He begged me to marry him. And Kurt, he's alive. Yes, yes, that's why I came for the gun. He's out of his mind. He killed Anna and he'll kill my sister, too. What were you doing down on that beach by Anna's body? I was looking for Lyra. She's gone. Oh, he'll kill her, don't you understand? Oh, Shadow, you've got to find him before it's too late. Shadow will find the truth, Celeste. If you've lied, I'll be back. You'll answer to the Shadow. <laughs> Vera? Vera, are you in there? Try the door, Lamar. Empty. Yes, Celeste told the shadow the truth. Kurt must have taken her off somewhere. The French doors are standing wide open again. Yes, look at this, Margot, over here. Some muddy footprints on the carpet. What do we do? I don't... Wait a minute. Hmm? Margot, this isn't mud on these footprints. It's slime. Green slime. The kind that grows on rocks. You think Kurt has taken her to the cave? I don't know, Margot. All I know is we better get back there as fast as we can. as mad as he appears to be, he'd probably shoot first and ask questions later. Right, easy now, darling. Come on. Over there. Good Lord, it's crazy now. Lyra! I'm coming, Lyra. Try to hold on. Lyra! Oh, It's all right, Lyra. I've got you. Oh, it's gone. What? 
noise. Someone in the cave. Oh, Lamont, is that you? Why don't you answer? There, I can almost see you now. I can almost see you. You're dead. Keep away. Keep away. Why did you kill me, Lyra? Oh, I didn't, Kurt, I swear. Yes, you did, Lyra. You must confess. Tell the truth. No. If you don't, Lyra, I'll tell them. I'll tell them your story of how I drowned was a lie. No. Tell them you killed me two days ago in this cave. Oh, please. I'll tell them how you crushed my skull with a rock. No, no, I'll I tell don't. them how you uh, killed Anna, too. Covered yourself with seaweed and pretended to be me. And confess. Confess. All oh, right, I did. I killed Anna. I killed you both. Now go away. <laughs> hardly believe that Lyra is a murderer. Well, apparently she's a violently jealous woman, Margot. Kurt arranged a rendezvous with her near the cave, asked her for a divorce. Told her he wanted to be free to marry her younger sister, Celeste. She flew into a jealous rage, killed him, left his body in the cave. Then her story of the drowning, her dream of death, all those weird happenings, even Anna's murder, were done to frighten people away from here so that no one would learn the truth. Yes. After she killed Anna, after we started investigating, she became panicky. So she decided to dispose of Kurt's body. Exactly. In the dim light, we thought Kurt and Lyra were struggling together. When she heard me call to her, she fired a shot in a crazy last-ditch effort to make us think that Kurt had been alive up to that point. He was responsible for everything. Oh, how horrible. And stupid. Yes? Well, it's all over now, thank goodness. It's all over that soon Lyra will be going to her death. This time, it won't be a dream. And now, let me present Blue Coal's distinguished heating authority, John Barclay. Thank you, Andre Bruch, and good evening, friends. Here's an important tip on economical home heating that will save you time, trouble, and fuel. If you tend your furnace fire the right way, you'll find that your fire will burn more slowly and evenly and that you'll get more heat from the fuel you burn. When you add coal, do it like this. First, shake the grates gently until the first faint red glow is visible in the ash pit. Then, with the shovel or a small hoe, pull the live coals from the back of the firebox up toward the feed door. 
forming a sloping hollow that leads toward the back. Into this hollow, put your fresh coals. Leave a few glowing coals just inside the fire door to consume gases. The way to conserve coal is not by skimping. Keep a deep fire at all times. I thank you. This story is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The shadow is presented by the DL&W Coal Company, distributors of blue coal. Lamont Cranston is played by Brett Mollison. Margot by Grace Matthews. Your announcer is Andre Barouche. Remember, it's blue coal for finest heating service. It's blue coal for finest modern equipment. It's blue coal for the best home heat money can buy. This is the mutual broadcast From the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee, the country music capital of the world, it's your grand old opera starring Carl Smith. But that was before I met you I never saw one that I wanted for mine But that was before I met you I thought I was swinging the world by the name I thought I could never be blue I thought I'd been kissed and I thought I'd been was before I met you I wanted to ramble and always be free but that was was before I met you I thought I was swinging the world by the tail I thought I could never be blue I thought I'd been kissed and I thought I'd been loved but that was before I met you Thank you, folks. This is Carl Smith speaking for all the Opry gang and saying that we're mighty happy to have you with us tonight. 
Grantland Kerner, call off the road, will you? All right, Carl. Coming up on tonight's Grand Ole Opry, Cousin Minnie Pearl, the Jordanaires, Del Wood, Chet Atkins, the dancers and fiddlers, and all the gang. Yes, sirree, and we're dusting off the welcome mat sort of extra special for a fellow who's zooming right into the Grand Ole Opry Hall of Stars with some great recordings. Our guest tonight, Benny Martin. Everybody's chomping to go tonight, and I'm not the one to stop them. Here's what I mean. A great big welcome to the Jordan Air. I'm working on a building. It's a true foundation. I'm holding up the first day. Banner for my Lord. Well, I never get tired. Get tired working on a building. I'm going up to I'm going up to get my reward. Well, I'm working on a building. It's a true foundation. I'm holding up the bloodstain for my Lord. Well, I never get tired. I'm tired. Tired working on a building. I'm going up to heaven. I'm going up to heaven to get my reward. To get my reward. Well, I'm working on a building. It's a true foundation. I'm going up I'm going up for my Lord. I'm working on a building for my Lord. I'm going up to heaven. Oh, Lord, to get my reward. My reward. Well, I'm working on a building. It's a true foundation. I'm holding up the banner for my Lord. Oh, yes, well, I don't, I don't get tired building on a building for my Lord. I'm going up to heaven. Carl, do you know that every week for many years, the opera has been heard by more people than any other show of its kind? Why, sure, Grant. Just like every week, Prince Albert is taste-tested and approved by more smokers than any other smoking tobacco. Yes, that happens week in and week out. You see, pipe smokers approve PA's natural tobacco taste. They know Prince Albert is tobacco as nature meant tobacco to be. And they really like the way PA's own special process holds and heightens the rich, natural flavor of the Mellow Ripe Choice tobacco. So for cool, comfortable smoking pleasure, they naturally choose P.A. Another thing they like is P.A. is because it's crimp cut to pack neat and firm in the pipe and gives you smooth, long-burning smoke. Say, all you pipe and makings men, why not enjoy the extra pleasure of P.A.'s natural tobacco taste? Next time, ask for Prince Albert smoking tobacco and see why it's called the National Joy Smoke. Of all the folks in country music, the fella or the gal that we admire most is the one who starts off right at the bottom and slowly but surely rises to become a country music star. No flash in the pan sort of thing. And our guest tonight is just such a fella, a longtime member of the Grand Ole Opry team, 
A fellow who has moved straight up under his own power to become one of the big new stars of country music. So what do you say if we give a very warm hello to our own Benny Martin? <laughs> Benny, it's very nice to have you on the Grand Ole Opry. I want to say welcome to the Opry, but uh, there's no use saying that because you are the Opry, you know. Well, thank you, Carl. I hear tell that you've been on a long string of personal appearances here lately, Benny. That's right, Carl. We had a lot of fun, met a lot of folks who like Grand Ole Opry music. Well, sir, you've got a whole bunch of them right in front of you here, so how about turning loose on your Mercury Record version of Lover in the Town, would you? Here it is. They call me the lover of this town, town, town. Every night I take a new girl around. We'll make every juke toy in this town. They call me the lover of this town. I'm looking for that sweetest doll in town They call me the lover of this town, town, town Every night I take a new doll round We'll make every juke toy can be found They call me the lover of this town As an old town There ain't no one woman Gonna tie me down They call me the lover of this town They call me the lover of this town Town, town Every night I take a new way round We'll make every juke toy can be found They call me the lover of this town Call me the lover of this town, town, town. Every night we take a new doll round. We'll make every juke toy can be found. They call me the lover of this town. Ah, oh, that was Benny Martin and terrific, Benny. Hey, here's some mighty terrific fiddling being served up our, for our dancing purposes. So what do you say we all join in and take a turn at Mississippi Sawyer, Dale Potter? Well, sir, that was a lot of fun, but 
Now you dancing folks all rest easy for a bit. In fact, let's all relax and spend just a moment with a fine sacred song called Wait a Little Longer, Please Jesus. are so tired and our weary hearts keep yearning for a rest and we're fine we're getting anxious to be in that happy land where we can know such peace and happiness but wait a little longer please Jesus Out in sin, just a little longer, please, Jesus. A few more days to get our loved ones in. Thank you, folks. Thanks a whole lot. Well, sir, here comes a friend of yours with something mighty important on his mind. Say, Carl, isn't it true that to build something perfect, you've got to have the right materials? Grant, that holds true with anything. You take a making cigarette to roll a perfect cigarette, you need the right materials, like uh, Prince Albert smoking tobacco and OCB paper. Uh-huh. PA rolls easy, it smokes mild and tasty. You know, nature herself put the flavor in PA. And Prince Albert's exclusive process holds and heightens the rich, natural flavor of the choice tobacco. You get honest-to-goodness, natural tobacco taste in every making cigarette. What's more, P.A. is crimp-cut for easy rolling. It won't blow around or dribble out the ends. So, fellas, roll your next making cigarette with Prince Albert, taste-tested and approved by more smokers than any other smoking tobacco. It's a natural taste, and that's a test. The Pro's Prince Albert is naturally best. So easy rolling, more men say, give me mild and mellow P.A. One of these days, we're going to find out exactly who invented the piano, because I'll bet anything he had no idea that one day the piano would produce some mighty fancy cutting up music. That's because the black and white keys are being played by... Dale Wood going to town on Are You From Dixie, Dale?
Thank you, Dell. That was real great. Well, sir, this is the time of year for new hats, new cars, and new fall colors. But right now is the time for something never changes. I'm talking about the fun of talking to our gal Saturday, the gossip of Grinder Switch, Cousin Minnie Pearl. <laughs> I'm just so proud to be here. <laughs> well, sir, I tell you, I had a good time this afternoon. Carl, I went to the football game. You did? I had the best seat right behind the goalpost. Well, Minnie, why do you want to sit behind the goalpost? I just love to see all them fellas come running towards me. <laughs> oh, well, sir, you know, Bubba Blubba Bascom, he's a real good friend of ours up at Grinder Switch, and Blubba and his wife... They ain't what you might call real thin, so they decided last week they'd go on a diet. Lizzie Tinkham went on a diet. She kind of overdone it. She looks like her bones are fixing to kick off the covers. <laughs> but you know, Blubber and his wife, they went on a diet, and they stayed on that lemon bird food and lettuce leaf for about a day and a half, and all of a sudden, Blubber hollered at his wife, and he said, throw some pork chops and gravy and taters on that stove. And she says, but Blubber... What about our figures? He said, figures? What's good is figures if you ain't got the strength to move them around. <laughs> Pretty much the same way myself. Well, says old Carl, I didn't tell you this, but Uncle Nate Bob, he's, um, there's a real pretty teacher teaching up at Grinder Switch. This oh, really? Week. Yeah, you ought to see her. She looks I pretty. I would like to. And Uncle Nabob, even, he went back to school for about a day. He did. That old codger, he ought to know better than that, oughtn't he? He should. He got expelled, though. He did. He kept a sneaking out and taking him a big gulp out of a thermos bottle he had with him. Out of a thermos bottle? Uh-huh. What was in it? Well, I don't know what was in it, but every time he'd come back in after taking a gulp out of that thermos bottle, he'd say, All arithmetic problems are on me. I think it is some of that school whiskey he was going after You know what school whiskey is? No, what school whiskey means? <laughs> Two drinks and you're in a class by yourself <laughs> Oh, well, sir No, we got a brand new doctor at Grinder Switch, too He's a MDA That's money down in advance, is what he <laughs> And you know, Aunt Ambrosie took Uncle Nabob to that there new doctor and says, I want you to pull some of Uncle Nabob's teeth. And the doctor said, Lady, I'm, I'm just a throat specialist. I'm not a dentist. She says, Well, a throat specialist, what I want. That's where his teeth, I knocked them down there, right there. <laughs> but we don't really need a doctor at Grinder Switch, though, Carl. I wish you knowed how healthy everybody was at Grinder Switch. You know what the death rate is at Grinder Switch? No. One to a person. <laughs> that Grinder Switch is the healthiest place. We got a grandpappy Bustrom is one of our youngest citizens. He's 112. Oh. Yeah, he is too. I know him. And I'll tell you now that he goes horseback riding at 112 every day of the world. Ex except except the first two weeks in October. He don't go horseback he riding. He goes horseback riding every day in the world except the first two weeks in October. <laughs> 
He don't go horseback riding. Why don't he go then, Minnie? Well, that's when the fellow that lifts him on and off goes on his vacation. Oh. Bye now. See you next week. Thank you, Pearl, old girl. She sure is a side. Well, sir, Pearl's a side, but Benny Martin's a good sound. So what do you say we have another song from Benny Martin, huh? Oh. Benny, you heard the folks. I did, Carl, and I appreciate it very much. Folks, I have a song we have on the Mercury label I'd like to do for you called Whippoorwill. Cause for his maiden far over the hill, but he hears no reply. Where, oh, where did she fly? Raccoon, oh, raccoon. Where, where, oh, where can she be? Who down? My love from me I saw in the moonlight The one you speak of She left on the wing With her new love her will No more, no more With her can you fly Whipper will Poor Will Where, oh, where did she fly?
Chester. Friends, this week 12,000 people will meet in Chicago to save your life and mine. That's right, the National Safety Congress will do everything they can to cut down on accidents, but in the final analysis, it's up to you and me to reduce the terrible toll of injuries and deaths on the highways and schools and homes and working on the farm. So let's all support the work of National Safety Council by driving carefully and observing all the rules of safety. And now we'd like to flip that record of Before I Met You over to the other side and do the ballad that you'll find there. We hope that you'll like Wicked Life. I don't care what you've been It just was We'll just turn our heads when idle gossip flies. After all is said and done, in my heart you're still the one. We can live and love in spite of wicked lies. The memory of your past can forever last So chin up darling drive those pretty eyes For I want no one but you No one else will ever do We can live and love in spite of wicked lies They want to hurt you so Dear, I'd like to really know Are they jealous of the love they couldn't hold? For I know it isn't true All these things they say of you And I know your love is true as finest gold the memory of your past cannot forever last. So chin up, darling, to rivals pretty eyes. 
just fell apart There's a new one in your heart And a place for you In spite of wicked lies Well, sir, that old fiddle tells us That we're going to have to say goodnight To all you nice folks We sure want you to be on hand next week The same place and the same time We'll all come calling for you to old Buckboard when our special guest will be Miss Jean Shepard. Until then, this is Carl Smith saying thanks for everything. We'll be seeing you next Saturday night at the Grand Ole Opry. It's all new. It's the wonderfully different, all-new Cavalier cigarette with a new blend. It's the king-size smoke with a king-size taste. That's right. That's the special wonderful fact you'll notice when you light up a new Cavalier. It tastes just great. It's a really great smoke. You win plenty with Cavalier's new blend. Plenty of naturally rich taste. Lots of fine, fresh flavor that draws so easily through the cooling extra length of top crop tobacco. Yes, the flavor's all there. Lots of rich, smooth, natural tasting flavor. You enjoy fine taste puff after puff, smoke after smoke. Today's the day to discover the fresh, wonderful taste experience of all new Cavaliers. You'll find them in a brand new pack, too. A bright, bold, smartly designed pack in red, white, and gold. When with new Cavalier, the king-size smoke with the king-size taste. This program was brought to you by WSM, affiliated with the National Broadcasting Company. This is Monitor, the new NBC radio service. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.